Welcome to our Wednesday Bible study for April the 7th. As we continue to see the ways that Jesus Christ showed himself following the resurrection, may we look for ways to open our eyes to see the path of the Lord that is before us and the path of the Lord who walks beside us. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Our reading comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. And now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem? Who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God. And all the people, the chief priest and our rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb earlier this morning, and they did not see his body. They came and told us that they had seen vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish are you, and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things, and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in the scriptures concerning him. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going further. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning with us while he was talking with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven of those with them assembled together and saying, It is true. The Lord is risen, and he has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Our scripture comes from John chapter 20, verses 26 through 31. 
And after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen, and yet have believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written, that they might believe that Jesus is Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Welcome to our Wednesday Bible study. It's the Wednesday after Easter. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis, and it is a, a blessing and a privilege to be able to have this conversation with you today as we look at Jesus Christ's movement after the resurrection. One of the beautiful things about this conversation that I really I really hope to pull out, and I'm going to use two events. I'm going to use one that's commonly used as a negative, but I, I want to use it as a positive. And I want to use one that is so important that it's actually sparked this really cool uh, uh, prayer movement, this um, retreat movement within our faith practice. So I want to use two events, and I want to talk about, once again, Jesus Christ showing the necessity of being present and interactive with others, even after the moment of the resurrection. As I celebrate, and you, you guys are probably getting nauseous of me saying this as, as much as I do, but what I celebrate about God, about Jesus Christ, about the death, burial, and resurrection is we serve a God, we worship a God, we are in communion with a God who willingly came to live, breathe, walk, talk, serve, hurt, cry, laugh, celebrate with us. Celebrate with us. Standing side by side with us on a life journey. A God that showed the importance of being present and interactive in the lives of others. We're going to see that today. We saw it throughout all of Christ's ministry. But now we're going to see it one more time. Following the resurrection, this very present and caring God being real for us. Let's talk about it first with the walk to Emmaus. This Emmaus experience. We have these two travelers on the road to Emmaus. And they are in a conversation with an individual at the 
time who they didn't know. They only saw him as another traveler. And they're talking with him. And they're interacting with him. And they're having this really true and personal experience with this unknown traveler. And they're on this journey. There's still places, maybe, of grief. There's places of celebration because they have already begun to hear the message of the resurrection. But they're on this journey. And they have this interactive relationship with this person, this random traveler on this road. And then they get to a place where they find a place to sit down. And they have a place to have dinner together. And this random unknown stranger lifts the bread and raises the cup. And they realize that this person that they were talking to was Jesus Christ all along. Let's start out with this conversation. As I talked about yesterday, we have this ability as human nature to have fixed points and fixed moments that we look at as it'll never get better than that. It becomes our our measuring stick on the rest of life. And that fixed point and that fixed place becomes our resurrection. It becomes our moment, our place. And that's how it is. That's how it will always be. But we forget to go on this journey. We forget to listen and to interact with the strangers. We forget to look for the daily resurrections. And sometimes God has to throw it in our face. Hey, here I am. (laughs) And that's what happens on this experience on the road to Emmaus as this dear friend raises the bread and raises the cup. And they realize that it was Jesus Christ all along. They realize that it's Jesus Christ all along. There's this really cool faith practice. And, you know, living in the COVID world, um, it really hasn't taken place in the last year and a half. But uh, it's called the, the Walk to Emmaus. And it's this really cool opportunity to break away from the everyday, to to put ourselves in a, a different situation, to, to be in a place where that we can pray, where we can find renewal, and we can begin to experience an opportunity of seeing how that Christ in our lives has been this invisible, unknown journeyer with us. I don't know if that's a word. A person on this journey with us. And to have a chance to see, yeah, Christ was there, Christ was there, Christ was there. And to begin to open our hearts in the reality that this fixed point of the resurrection wasn't the end of the story. is not the end of the story. And even within the narrative of Jesus Christ's interactive ministry, it's not, wasn't, isn't the end of the story. The blessing of the reality that comes with the this walk to Emmaus that these dear friends had. As they 
see Christ do the things that they had already interacted with, had already experienced, that they knew Christ for, and they could see Christ. It's a, it's a challenge, much like the conversation that I had yesterday, of being willing to look at the normal every day and to see how that there is a everyday resurrection that comes along with it. If we can look to see, to interact with the reality that Jesus Christ was not just the one that rose from the dead, but Jesus Christ was there still walking side by side with us. But we let the everyday hindrances shadow that Christ is there. Sometimes we let the fixed point faith shadow that Jesus Christ is there every day. And it takes this very special moment because of the willingness of Jesus Christ to have been the in-person God walking with us daily, that we get in these experiences that reconnect to that interaction that we see Jesus Christ once again. Well, the biggest thing that I get from this road to Emmaus conversation is not just so much that God has to put us at a specific place at a specific time and, and, sh- and shove in our face that he's there, but it really is this reality that if we are willing, willing to attempt to have the everyday action with justifying grace, if we're willing to try to have that interaction, we can see that Christ is there. It's the willingness to pray, to open ourselves up to that opportunity, and not say, man, I wish I felt the same way I did when I was a 14-year-old kid, but to say, hey, how can I interact with that today? And that's what I get, because they have this realization that even though they didn't see that Christ was there, Christ was there. That's a beautiful thing. And it's a reality that I want to talk about a little bit deeper as I look at this other moment of interaction with Jesus Christ following the resurrection. That truly sets me free in the reality that I I, I need to be involved. I need to be willing to do the investigation. I need to be willing to interact with the presence of God in such a way that I know that Christ is there. We see in a very loving and caring way in this narrative of the walk to Emmaus, but there's another way that it happens that it's actually been proposed in a negative. We, we have colloquialisms that put this next event in a very strong negative, but I want to use it I, I kind of want to use it with this conversation as a as a narrative of justifying grace. It's a willingness to interact with something, to reach out and touch it. 
instead of just taking for granted the news and the rumors, but being willing to step forth and to interact with something in such a way that it becomes real. And we know it's real because we had the desire to reach out and touch. And that becomes the narrative of Thomas experiencing that Christ truly did raise from the dead. Now here's 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 the colloquialisms that that we celebrate that that we point in the narrative that puts this account in a strong negative and even Christ's conversation with Thomas has that connotation as well. And it's it's the doubting Thomas. The doubting Thomas. And I'll share with you what, what makes the Dowling Thomas either a positive or a negative conversation is where we're at in our willingness to interact. We, we know the conversation of Thomas. Thomas is, has heard the rumors. He, he hadn't had the personal interaction. He's heard, he's heard, but he hasn't seen it. And, and Thomas has this seeing is believing uh, mindset to the point that he, he wants to touch the wounds. He wants to touch the scars on the side and to know that it truly is Christ that everyone is seeing. And they have that moment and Thomas touches and he believes. And then there is a, a, the narrative in which Christ shares, but blessed are those who, who believe without seeing him. And that there's there's a wholeness within that, especially as we exist in our time, that we can't always see the proof in the pudding. We can't always, we won't be able to stand in the presence of Christ and touch the wounds until that we're standing in the presence, presence of wholeness after the fact. But here's the thing that I want to share that makes this a positive and here's the things that I want to share that connects to it that shows Christ's example that makes us a positive. Christ was present. Christ was present with the followers in the three-year ministry and taught them in the presence through his visible actions who he was and what to do and how to move next. Christ taught in physical present action about the reality of the broken body and the blood of the covenant. So we have this visual narrative within the lives of the interactive ministry of Christ and the disciples that there is this presence. And there is a difference between living within issues of doubt and giving up with the reality that I hope that we find is when we have moments of doubt that I hope that we are driven by a willingness to still find a way to interact with it. And it's Thomas's willingness to not give up, Thomas's willingness and desire to have this physical interaction with the accounts that he has heard, to reach out in the touch and to see it, feel it, interact with it, 
so that he can believe it. I mean, for me, within my theology, there's nothing that screams more than the reality of justifying grace, reaching out, having the desire to reach out and interact with God daily, then Thomas's willingness, desire to not just believe what he was being told, but to truly, physically interact with it. In both of these accounts, the road to Emmaus and this conversation with, with Thomas, downing Thomas, wanting to reach out and interact, there is a visible necessity of living active moments of justifying grace that produces freedom and restoration for the individuals who are a part of it. And I can use in the contrast each story because in one point it was just three guys walking down the road. There wasn't a desire, there wasn't an interaction to to be in the presence of Christ for these followers on the road of Emmaus, and because of that, they didn't see that it was Jesus Christ that was there. They didn't. They weren't looking. They weren't deeply desiring that interaction until something happened in their lives, and they had this reflective celebration that helped them reconnect to the reality of who Christ was, and then that connection to what they saw Christ do revealed that Christ was there. Something had to happen in these dear friends' lives that gave them a moment to reconnect, to re-experience, to celebrate once again the one who touched their lives. See, I see that in the whole story of, of Thomas. Thomas wanted to see it. Thomas wanted to interact with it. And in that moment, he could see Christ. He has this experience. He could reach out, responding to the reality of Christ being there. And it empowered him to believe it. And the difference in that, unlike the beginning of our Emmaus story, is Thomas wasn't the doubter who gave up and said it was finished. It was the desire to reconnect and experience it again that was rewarded. I want us to think about that because we exist in all these places. We exist as individuals, much like those walking on the road to Emmaus, that we are just oblivious. We're oblivious to what's around us. We, we're we're kind of having this I'm doing pretty good moment. And as we exist in our pretty doing pretty good moments we forget to say thank you god for giving me these pretty good moments and we don't see that god's there there's times that we are blessed and we have reflective moments and and we get to reconnect to those blessings in our lives and we get to say oh yeah that's why this is real and beautiful to me and they are reminded to say thank you we are reminded to say thank you. And then, 
we also reach this point that of being of deciding I, I'll just share it this way, deciding which Thomas that we are. Because we could be the Thomas that that lives in so much intense doubt and worry that we don't care anymore. That we don't look for Christ, that we don't desire to strive for Christ. We we actually allow fixed moments of hurt and pain to have so much power over us that we allow them to become anchors and not let us move forward in celebration with Christ. And then we also become the the Thomas of justifying grace. That we're not the ones that let doubt and worry become the anchors, but just as Christ's living interaction with us, just like the interaction of Christ with these two followers revealing to them that we find places in our hearts that we desire that interaction and we long for that interaction, that we respond to it and we don't give up. We desire it until that we can reach out and touch it and interact with it. Our video yesterday, we celebrated a reality of what it means to be people of the resurrection. And if we become these people of the resurrection, we are these people who daily are finding a way to have that desired interaction with Christ once again, to reach out and touch the reality of Christ, to celebrate that we have opportunities of resurrection and newness in our lives, that we can be the ones who move and knock the camera around and and celebrate the reality of who Jesus Christ is. But all of it is deep-rooted in this reality of wanting it daily, desiring it, and reaching out for it, participating in the interaction with the grace of Jesus Christ. The prayer exercise that I hope that you would have is kind of pray who you are on this day. Are you the ones that are traveling comfortably and not even looking? Are are we the ones that had a moment that something was, was just thrown at us and it kicked us back in this reality of, oh yeah, that's how I remember Jesus. Are we the ones that have gotten so heartbroken that we give up? in our doubt, or are we the ones that have this deep-rooted, intense desire to reach out daily and touch the spirit of grace that comes through Jesus Christ? Pray over those things. Look over those things with me. My name is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis, and uh, may the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank you for celebrating this Wednesday conversation with me. May God be real in your life. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, 
please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us.